one of these days we'll have to do a yeah do a, a i need tour. to make a youtube video just for you so you can see what it looks yeah. like oh yeah, just for you or just share it with everybody because it's fun we should do that on whimsical weekend we should do a tour of our house the way it is right now yeah and be like this is you know where it sits right now and then share all of our projects as we do them yep a hundred percent good times come and good times go and what they do hold on to these bones and feathers herbs and stone words and weather hearth and home hippie witch hippie witch magic with a switch of your mind so kind and believing hippie witch Season three, my favorite number. Nice. Hi, thanks for joining me for episode 482, I think. 482 of Hippie Witch, magic for a new age. 482. That's very close to 500. Do I get like a gold watch or something? A trophy? A blue ribbon? A plaque? Do I get a plaque? For doing 500 episodes of a podcast, <laughs> I feel like I want some I want some letters after my name for that. I don't know, but it's getting exciting as I'm drawing closer. Welcome to episode 482 of Hippie Witch, Magic for a New Age. My name is Joanna DeVoe, and I am the groovy creatrix behind Kick-Ass Switch, putting the K in magic. And Hippie Witch, the show you are listening to right now. I also have a free ebook by that name, Hippie Witch, Peace, Love, and all that good shit. And you can pick up a copy of that at www.joannadevo.com, where you will also find the show notes for this episode, which will definitely include a link to my friend B's website, Whimsical Weekend. B and her husband Todd. They're the patrons of the month for November 2020. This is one of my favorite, favorite, favorite things that I've ever done on the podcast. Once a month I do this. I get a huge kick out of sharing what I know to be true, which is our community is amazing. And everybody, whether they are like a famous author or they're a thought leader or they're a housewife or... They, you know, go work a 95 job at some corporation. Everybody has their own journey to share. And I think their own wisdom. That is what I have found just in meeting people behind the scenes and getting to know so many of your stories. And it's fun sometimes to get to drag one, or in this case, two of you onto the show and highlight that because I just want to keep giving the impression, can you give the impression of the truth? The truth for me has been that there is so much wisdom and kindness and inspiration behind the scenes in the witchy community. It's not just about the content creators, although B is getting started with a website and we'll talk about that because it's fun. It's something I think that a lot of you might be interested in. So that'll be we, we can talk. The three of us can talk. And what's weird is I just had a couple on the show. 
I don't know if y'all heard the episode that I did with Boho Beautiful, but I loved that conversation. They're a really inspiring couple. And so now here we are with another inspiring couple. (laughs) I've been thinking a lot about relationships, actually. I think probably because the lockdown, 2020 being the year of the lockdown and how much time I think so many of us have spent alone or, you know, just with our close family members, it's 10 or 9, 99.9% of the time. And, you know, if we're getting out, it's to go get groceries with a mask on. There's not a lot of social anything happening except on the internet. Everything is on the internet now. But I think a lot of us have maybe been missing people. Like actual people in the flesh. Friend people that you go to a music festival with. Or you go shopping with. Or you have dinner parties with. People to share your life with. I had this whole moment Not too long ago, I just had this moment of insight where I was thinking, gosh, I just have no interest in dating at all (laughs) or getting into another romantic relationship. But what I do miss is having someone to share my life with. And I was like, okay, post-pandemic, it is Operation Build Your Family of Friends locally, people that you can hang out with in the flesh and, you know, be there for each other in the high moments and the low moments and also all just those in-between everyday mundane moments. I feel like I want to share my life with someone and I was thinking about how this is why church is important. (laughs) This is it. This is the magic secret to how those churches fill those pews. It's community It's people need people. We need to share our lives with each other. And when you share your spiritual lives with each other, it goes quite deep. I think that this is what my personal community, a community that I have found myself in online, has gifted me. Is the ability to recognize the importance of sharing our lives together. I really love... All of you who have joined me over on Patreon and actually hang out on Discord and make friends with each other, I love witnessing that. I love seeing how you kind of warm up to somebody, a stranger, you don't really know them very well, and then before you know it, (laughs) you're pulling tarot cards together and analyzing each other's dreams, and that's just so important. I remember when... The House of Intuition here in Los Angeles was brand new. It has since become a global brand, would you say? It's online, so I guess it's global. But, you know, they have merchandise now in House of Intuition, and there are several locations here in Los Angeles. I don't know if they've expanded beyond that, but it's become big, big business. It's really interesting to see how quickly it grew And it started in the smallest little way in a not great part of town at the time. It was in Echo Park on the cusp of Silver Lake, this just little shop, this little witchy shop, and it was really built on community. These teachers teaching these classes on witchcraft and magic and the great rite leading ceremonies, holding events where people could mingle with each other. And I really think that's why 
it exploded. The merchandise is curated beautifully, but I don't think that's what it was. I think it was this human desire for creativity and to share our lives with each other. And so it kind of became the Church of Witchcraft, a place that you could go to meet like-minded people and witness each other's spiritual journey. It's not quite like a church because it's not organized. It's not an organized religion, but I think community is being built there nonetheless. The Philosophical Research Society is more of an intellectual occultist kind of place, I feel. We have that too going on here in Los Angeles. Los Angeles is a very groovy place to live. If you want to find people who have your special brand of weird, <laughs> there's pretty much a little something for everyone here and you can find your group. And I, I like all the groups as long as they are non-judgmental and aren't attacking the other groups, if that makes sense. I think it's all interesting. I'm a big seeker. I keep thinking I'm going to have this adventure. Like I'd love to take a year where I go to a different church or a different spiritual organization every week, every Sunday. Wouldn't that be cool? Would it be cool to drag my kid along with me? I don't know. <laughs> But it would be interesting. And then let me let me also, speaking of patrons, let me take the time to thank those of you who are supporting the show over on Patreon. Thank you so much to anybody who has ever supported the show over there or in any other way. If you've bought my products or you got my ebook, my new ebook, The Tao of Biz Witchery. So many of you have given me a little tip when you picked up that ebook. Thank you all. I consider you all part of my community and you're such a supportive bunch and I want to give a special shout out to Rachel Woods, Wanda Goldfarb, Juniper, and Melissa, Joanne Morton, and I think that's it. Hopefully I didn't miss anybody. Sometimes I repeat, <laughs> but I don't think I repeated or missed anyone, hopefully, unless one of you snuck in before I wrote those names down. Welcome, welcome, welcome to new patrons. Thank you to old patrons. And I guess I should also mention that I have a holiday sale that I started with Black Friday and I'm just rolling into December. If you're not on my newsletter list or you haven't opened the last couple of newsletters, you may have missed it. I am offering 50% off all of my ebooks and audio journeys and programs over on Gumroad with the discount code. You have to put it in at checkout before you pay. Put in the discount code. Thank you. All lowercase, no spaces. And then you should watch in real time 50% off. You should watch that roll off the price before you pay. If it does not roll off the price, something is wrong. You maybe have a space autocorrect, I have noticed. will correct thank you as one word into two words, which is correct. But that is not the password autocorrect. <laughs> there is no space. Thank you, lowercase, no spaces, 50% off. There will be a link in the show notes. And then kind of going back to this idea of community, this is something that V and Todd and I in this upcoming interview, we talk a little bit about 
mostly in the context of church and leaving leaving the religion that you grew up in. I know a lot of you have had that experience. Some of you are still working through that. So that's one of the reasons I wanted to have them on the show because I think it's good to hear that you're not alone in that experience. A lot, a lot of people have it. I hear from a lot of you who are still in the process of working through some residual guilt and things like that. So that too, I think it's really important to find a community that can support you through that. And even just a friend, like a partner. I think B and Todd are such an interesting couple because they have kind of created a family of two for themselves. They have they have other family, but they have this little family unit of two where they provide that kind of support for each other. And I think two is enough. Two is enough to hold space for each other. But then I think it just ends up attracting people because somehow they ended up in the hippie witch community and somehow we ended up falling in love with them as a couple because <laughs> they're sweet, cool people and we all resonate with each other even though we all have very different ways of approaching our personal spirituality and magic, which I think is key for this particular community is we're an open-minded bunch. Something that I have found in the decades since leaving the religion I grew up in, I am now old enough to say that, the decades since leaving the religion that I was raised on, I have found that some core principles that are perhaps spiritual truths, they remain the things that brought me joy or peace, or comfort from that religion, they, re- they remain. Even if I find new ways to frame them. But something else that I've noticed is that the shadows of your, what would you call it, foundational religion, the religion that shaped you, if you had one of those, the shadows of that religion don't go away just because you leave the religion. So if you got off on or felt comforted by the dogma of it or the sense of self-righteousness, the controlling aspects, the judgments of other people, the spiritual bigotry or whatever, while you are in it, you might find yourself gravitating toward groups outside of it that scratch that same itch (laughs) for better and worse. If you were raised in a religion that taught you For example, that you will ascend to heaven when you die, you may later be drawn to the New Age Ascension Movement. If you were indoctrinated into the cult of original sin or some other nonsense, I'm not a fan of original sin, some other nonsense like that, that trained you to believe that you are innately impure or unclean or filthy, filthy was a word that came up in my childhood, You may later resonate with certain extreme diets or cleansing practices. And it's interesting how the wellness and spiritual communities have kind of converged on this. And do you ever wonder why? I do. (laughs) I do because I found myself in that community at some point. And and it's not just because, you know, I spot it in other people. It's because I see it in myself. 
And I've actually gotten pretty good at recognizing when I am just acting out some old program. I can notice it now fairly early in the game. And so then I can start to dismantle the core belief or conditioning that brought me back to the same old place through some clever disguise. So it's not Jesus that will save me. It's a raw food diet or whatever the thing is. (laughs) I've done both. And it's fascinating and a little bit terrifying to me to see the lack of awareness around this particular phenomenon in the occult community. Certain factions of the occult community have a kind of loud, brittle intolerance of people who practice law of attraction, for example. It's often framed as concern. They're concerned about these people, which reminds me so much of the faux concern that some Christians sometimes employ to gossip or judge other people. (laughs) We're so worried about them. (laughs) It's framed as though these practices are for the weak and gullible. There's so much satisfying self-righteousness built into that. Like these practices are for the weak and gullible, and they may even be doing spiritual harm. But is that true? I think it really depends on the practitioner. And, you know, are they predatory? Are these teachings predatory? Maybe. I have found some messaging in the law of attraction community to be potentially predatory, self-blaming, victim-blaming, things like that. But there's a lot in it that I have experienced as real transformative magic as well. And so I tend to take what works for me and acknowledge that teachers are human. And these practices, these lessons, whatever wisdom, whatever thing you're learning, it's being channeled through a human person and their own prejudices and their own beliefs and their own history is going to flavor the way that that message is delivered. So I feel that it probably depends on the teacher. And then of course, of course, no religion, no spiritual practice, no teaching gets off the hook entirely. There is no perfect one because Obviously, there are predatory witches, there are predatory Christians, there are predatory love and light New Agers, but they do not represent the whole of that community. Not always. I don't know. (laughs) I've I've seen some communities built on hate. I definitely have seen that, but I'm speaking specifically about the spiritual communities that I have played around in. And I would say that those predatory teachers or healers, that they don't necessarily represent the teaching or the healing. They represent human greed. They represent abuse and toxic dynamics. And that is what those specific teachers or healers get off on because that is where they are at in life. They have been caught in that power trip or set up for it or conditioned into it some way. But then there are others who are utterly sincere and quite genuine in sharing a path that they themselves have found helpful or empowering in some way. And this is 
all reminding me so much of Tess Whitehurst, who walks this very lovely middle path between witchcraft and maybe what some might consider more new agey concepts. She's a very gentle, soft, loving soul. I dig her. I know a lot of you love Tess too, but I have a commercial for her podcast that she does with her friend Natasha that I've just been holding here in my back pocket thinking, how can I work this back into the podcast again? I put it in a podcast earlier. They did not pay me to run a pod or run a commercial for their podcast, <laughs> but they shared this commercial with me and they're like, hey, we should promote each other's show. I love that kind of reciprocity. I think Tess is a magical person. And one of these people that I'm talking about who is just very genuine and open and she can go pretty far out into the woo and yet make something seem so doable and practical. I don't know if you heard the episode that we did here talking about unicorn magic, but I went into that with so much skepticism. And by the end of it, I was like, preach, preach about the unicorns, Tess. <laughs> so here is a commercial for Tess and Natasha's podcast, Magical Monday, because I think this is the right moment. Let's do it. Hey, Hippie Witch listeners, it's Tess and Natasha from Magic Monday Podcast. We believe life is magical and we know you do too. That's why we think you're going to love Magic Monday Podcast, which we hear from our listeners is like having coffee with magical friends. We talk about how to navigate and work magic with the unique energies of the week. We answer your questions about the magical spiritual path and lots more. Find Magic Monday Podcast wherever you listen to podcasts or visit our site at magicmondaypodcast.com. Oh, that's so good. I'm supposed to make a commercial for their podcast too, and I have been procrastinating on that. They did such a great job. It's so intimidating. I feel like music helps. <laughs> I don't know, everything is a song in my head, but also I don't want to scare their audience, you know, with my wacky way. Maybe I should prepare their audience. Like, if you do not like this little commercial, you will not like my podcast. <laughs> I should just let my freak flag fly. Yeah, I'm convincing myself while I'm talking to you. I'm thinking about this right now. Like, yeah, this is the advice I would give anybody who feels intimidated by something like this. Be who you are. Be who you are and let like attract like. Speaking of law of attraction, <laughs> be who you are and let the chips fall where they may. And then let's 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 move on to this interview here with B and Todd, something that is relevant to what I was saying about leaving religion is they talk about that. They talk about a little about the deconstruction process that happened for them when they left the church, and then the reconstruction process that happened afterward or is in the process of happening. They are reconstructing their spiritual lives together. And I just wanted to add my two cents to that concept, this deconstruction and the reconstruction process, to say that it's super helpful to reach down into the roots and shadows when you're doing that kind of work. And for all the reasons that I said earlier about how, isn't it strange how 
this old shadow will pop up in this new area of your life. They just, they're not going away. They're in there, those shadow beliefs and that conditioning. So, you know, it's helpful when you're in the deconstruction phase to do some shadow work, but also to realize in the reconstruction phase that it's most likely going to be an ongoing process, maybe even a lifelong process process and to not let that get you down. It's a creation process, a self-recreation process. And as I like to say, the journey is the creation. I like to remind myself of that often because I need to remind myself. I forget all the time. (laughs) But when I remember that the journey is the creation as opposed to the destination, it's like this ongoing creation process, it helps me ease off a bit and to keep it playful. And that makes everything more doable, not to mention more fun. And then another concept that they explore a little in this chat coming up is wabi-sabi. And it's fun to hear the ways that B and Todd have incorporated this principle into their life. Wabi-sabi, they're is beauty and imperfection and freedom in accepting the imperfect. It's potentially a very free way to live. Plus, it's just really fun to say wabi-sabi, wabi-sabi! And then also for those of you who love magic or manifestation stories, we have the story of the wasp nest, the mini wasp nest, which you'll have to stick around toward the end to hear. <laughs> it's a story that B, they both kind of tell. They're interesting. This is so fun about couples. When you talk to a couple and they're like finishing each other's sentences for each other or just affirming while the other person is talking. It's such a cool vibe. It's such a cool vibe. And we got to do it twice this month. Go figure. So <laughs> without any further ado, Here they are, my friends, Bee and Todd. Hello, Bee and Todd. Welcome. Welcome to Hippie Witch. Hi, Joanna. Hi, Joanna. Yay! We got two of you this month. It's very exciting to me. It is exciting. Mm, Definitely. I'm very sure that you all are going to be inspiring to some people out there who are dreaming of finding the kind of love that I know you have. So I'm just going to start with that. I know that's a lot to live up to right off the bat, but (laughs) (laughs) I say that because you two are married, but my experience of you has been that you have a very respectful friendship at the foundation of your marriage. Does that feel true to you? Yes. Absolutely. Yeah. And that you actually like each other. Yes. Yes. yes we do yes. like each other. <laughs> Best friends. Oh, yeah. Oh, I love that. I can't tell you how many people I've known in my life who they'll say something to the effect, well, we love each other, but we don't like each other. But you two actually like each other. Yeah. Mm-hmm, definitely. We like to be around each other and do things together. We have things that we do separately, but... Yeah. We genuinely like to be around each other. Yeah. Yeah. We like to hang out together for Mm -hmm. sure. And B, let's tell people what Whimsical Weekend is because you two are sort of going to be working on it together, even though it's your thing, B. I feel like in the last month or so, Todd has been wrangled into being (laughs) some sort of... (laughs) 
Perhaps your assistant, I don't know, or perhaps make a co-feature. I don't know. What are you guys, what are you thinking about this? He's definitely going to play a part. So Whimsical Weekend, I started it. I wanted to start it a few, I came up with the idea a year or two ago, just randomly. And then one night in the middle of the night last year, I couldn't sleep and I just scribbled down a whole bunch of stuff in a notebook. And Todd can definitely attest that I did not sleep that night. And he knows, he remembers (laughs) that night. I do. Um, I had insomnia really bad and it just came to me. But basically it is, it's my, it's because I work a Monday through Friday, eight to five job. It's my way of, I guess, coping with that. And so the idea is, is to share my whimsical weekends and inspire other people who work Monday through Friday, eight to five jobs to be creative. Um, and it can be anything. And it's, and it's, it's specifically for people who probably don't want to be full-time creatives or artists. And maybe they do, but they still have a day job too. But it's definitely for the people that just find joy in making stuff or joy in having a tea party or just joy in decorating their homes or joy in knitting or making wreaths. Todd also works a Monday through Friday, nine to five job. Actually, a lot of times both of our hours extend past five, but he is a creative tinkerer. He likes to paint and work with wood and just tinker in the garage. (laughs) And he even sometimes works on, what are your cars called? Slot cars with his dad. They've done that since he was a child. And then me and Todd together also like to get creative with Legos. We do. It's a a fun creative release. It's, it's a creative release with some structure. So if you want to do something creative, but you, but you, your brain is tired, it's a good creative outlet. Yeah. And sometimes you break out the colored pencils and color and coloring books too. So that's, the idea behind Whimsical Weekend and Todd is definitely going to join in because most of my adventures and things that I do on the weekend, he is with me. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> and so we do it together. Yeah. And so he's definitely going to possibly be taking pictures and video, but he'll definitely be in some of the pictures and video too. Yeah. Yeah, we're we're not sure. We haven't ironed out all the details of exactly how I'm going to be involved, but I'm definitely going to be a cameraman and take pictures. And then some of the projects and things I'll jump in the front with her, but it's definitely focused on me. He's going to be on the About Me page just because he will definitely, I think at some point he is going to make some videos and write some blog posts too on the website. Oh my gosh, yes. I totally think that Todd yep. is is a man with ideas. He's got thoughts. So <laughs> yeah. You know what's sure you know what's interesting to me though, thoughts aside, all the examples that you gave, they're physical things that you do offline. And that is what I think is going to serve so many people going forward is having something to look forward to on the weekend that is crafty and engaging that doesn't involve staring into the internet. <laughs> I know yeah. people or crave, staring at a 
screen. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. I think people are innately creative and you're so creative. Be the, the designs that you've created are very specifically you. They feel whimsical and purple and sparkly. <laughs> and, you know, but then, you know, you have Todd who will go work in his workshop and maybe work with wood or something. I feel like it's just so human that we need creativity in our lives to feel grounded and balanced. Uh, the internet is slowly, slowly, slowly taking this away from us or we're giving it away to the internet without even realizing it's happening. Completely agree. Yeah. Um, quick side note. It kind of reminds me of if, if you watch uh, Batman forever, it kind of reminds me of the, the machine that the Riddler makes to put on people's TV screens to suck their brains out. <laughs> oh, that's, kind of, that's what the internet kind of reminds me of because it, it, I feel like that's what it does. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, I think it's equally amazing and terrifying. Yes. I mean, it's given me freedom, financial freedom. It's allowed me to create my own business. But I, speaking of whimsical weekend, I'm really big on carving out time every single day and every single weekend away from the computer. I have to get away from it. That's why I don't have it on my phone, much to the annoyance of many people. (laughs) But I don't want it following me around at the grocery store or anywhere. I just, I want to close my laptop and it's like walking out of my office and locking the door and going and hanging out with my kid or going outside. Yeah, and that's exactly the idea too. Like, it's funny that you mentioned that with Whimsical Weekend because that's, I don't know, I never really thought of it that way, but I know Todd and I, we don't generally get on the internet that much on the weekend because that's really when we're on our adventures or we're making something. Or like this past weekend, um, we finally, um, after moving in the spring, and a very busy work summer, we finally hung up all of our art and stuff on the walls. And it was amazing. We put on music oh, yeah. and I had the diffusers yep. going and we yep. just thought about where we wanted to hang up all of our art on mm-hmm. the walls. And it was yeah. really cool. But we didn't get on the internet at all yeah. because that was our, that yeah. was our adventure that we, this yeah. past weekend. Yeah. So... Todd, how do you feel about the house? I know it's so B and it's so me, I have to say. This is something me and B have in common. We love, we love old houses, cute old houses. How did you feel when you found the cute old house? Is that your thing too? Or are you just going along with B on the ride of having this very old but adorable house? Actually, it, it is me. I love old craftsmanship. I love the the quality of the builds of old homes. I love how you can feel how sturdy the floors are in a, in an older home. I love how you can feel how thick and sturdy the walls are, which actually funny side story. Uh, when we were hanging things on the walls, we this is the first time we've hung anything in this house. And this, this house was, our house was built in 1930. So it's got the old Lapin plaster walls. <laughs> and I went to go use a wall anchor. Some people call them mollies to hang a shelf. And I, and it was the kind that you have to screw it. You drill a pilot hole and then you have to screw it in. I started to screw it in and it broke. <laughs> and I, I never had that happen before. And so I took a flashlight and I looked in the hole that I drilled 
and the wall was like an inch thick. I'm not joking. It was like an inch thick. And you can't use wall anchors in the walls in this house. You just have to screw screws straight in and it's solid. <laughs> like you're in a stud, but you're not. And that's the kind of craftsmanship and and quality of houses that that make me excited and make me feel like they have a soul. That's the other before I get on too much of a tangent, that's the other thing I like about old vintage things and vintage houses is they have a soul to them. Yeah. Uh, new construction houses will get a soul, but initially they don't really have a soul. They haven't lived a life. And so oh. I love these old houses because they've lived a whole lifetime yeah. and they have, they have seasoning in the wood and they have seasoning in the walls. And when you look at the studs and you look at the floor joists, the, the, they're made out of the kind of wood that you can't find anywhere nowadays. And it's just a level of quality and, and beauty that you can't, can't find anywhere. But, but the houses aren't perfect. And so it's very wabi-sabi <laughs> yep. for me and for B because it's, it's just... Anyway, I love old houses because of that. You thing. said it so perfectly. When you first said it's a soul thing... I'm going, I 100% agree, agree. I feel the same way, but I can't explain why. And then you went on to explain why. We definitely feel like this house has a soul. Um, so when we walked into it, when we moved in, I don't know, we just, it, the name came to me, but we named our house because we feel like it has a soul. Wow. We named she, her Rosie. She told us her name. Yeah, actually. we think so. We're pretty sure. Pretty sure. <laughs> but yeah. we named her Rosie. <laughs> Magical people with their Rosie house. <laughs> and you two, should we talk about getting coronavirus together or should we? Like- I, I think it's good because I, uh, we are fighting through and, and are on the other side of it. But it's something that talking about the not having guilt about it. So it's probably a good thing to go ahead and talk. Yeah. About yeah. That was interesting. I remember, I think it was B you said you felt kind of embarrassed that you got it because you guys follow all the rules. Like what was that about? Yeah. We felt kind of like embarrassed and guilty, but like yeah. both of us did because we are avid mask wearers. We don't go anywhere without wearing a mask and we are very, we very much have limited oh, where yeah. we go. We even do grocery pickup. Yep. So we're not really sure where we caught it from. Yeah. We don't know. I mean, at Todd's work, he is around people, but they're social distanced and also they wear masks. Yep. So we're it's just really hard to say yep. where we got it from. But for some reason, I don't know. I, I We just worried. Like, we're like, oh, man, people are going to think we didn't follow the rule. Yep. It was like this yep. moment of almost like just, I guess you yep. almost felt like a child. Like, or, people are going to think you broke yeah. the rules and yeah. you did it. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And we would even do things like when we were in a store we would wait until when to go into an aisle until it was completely clear. If like yeah. there was somebody in the aisle, we would go to a different aisle and then come back. So or reroute, like walk yeah. down three aisles and then around yeah. to get to the spot we need to because people were right. in the way, you know, like in the way. And so we we really tried. To yeah. Yeah. You know what? I always feel with things like that. Well, first of all, there is no mask that can completely protect you. Right. Even the best masks can't protect you 100%. Right. Whenever something like that happens, I always think I'm just going to do my best 
So that if the worst happens, I can say, well, at least I tried, you know, and I don't. Yeah. Yep. So I think you tried, you did your best. And this actually, in my mind, kind of circles around to religion. This is something that the three of us have talked a lot about, but yeah. it's just <laughs> sort of, you know, the guilt that comes along with growing up in a, <laughs> in a punitive re- religion that makes you feel guilty for everything. And it starts yeah. the, day, yep. the day you were born into original sin, you are guilty. So I yep. think, you know, it's interesting how that kind of colors everything going forward. Definitely. And that very well could be why we felt that way. Just because, like I said, it just kind of made you feel like, oh, they're going to think we didn't follow the rules. Yeah. (laughs) And and then when you have it, it's like going back to your religion uh, point. (laughs) You feel like a leper. You do because (laughs) everyone's like, oh, you know, you can't, you for sure can't leave the house. you, we even worried about going and taking a walk around the neighborhood because yeah. what if somebody walked up to us and talked yeah. to us and we didn't want to risk them catching it yeah. or um, Todd's parents were so incredible and they dropped off a meal for us a couple of times because there were some days we just did not feel well not and they uh, basically texted our phones, called our phones yeah. to say, oh, we dropped the food it's off on, on your porch. porch. Yeah. For the cats. <laughs> it's what you have to do. It's what, And I yeah. normally, I wouldn't like plunge into the religion thing, but I just know it's like a theme. Yeah. It, yeah, for sure. And I didn't think about it that way, but no, that's but it very so... possible where oh, it could yeah. stem from because there's many a times oh, even yeah. like me and me and Todd, like we're, we're role followers a lot of the time, but I can even think of other things like, work oh I accidentally broke the rule yeah. <laughs> I have this too I do not break the law I do not <laughs> right? it's, yeah. it's like it's because I cannot live with the fear of getting in trouble for breaking the rules and I think yep. Yep. it's because of the religion I grew up in thinking about it that makes sense because we both grew up Southern Baptist and it is definitely a religion yeah. that is Got a lot of rules. <laughs> yep. Spare the rod, spoil the child. Yep. Oh, I hate that one. I hate that one. Yep. I was always more afraid, like in school when I was a kid, I was afraid of getting in trouble at school. Not because of what was going to happen to me at school. I wasn't worried about that at all. <laughs> that was that was easy peasy. It was what was going to happen when I got home. Oh, yeah. Definitely. <laughs> so, I mean, that's the kind of, you know, that's the Southern Baptist religion, you know. And so, yeah, it puts a lot of, of guilt um, mentality in, in people's yeah, hearts and definitely. minds. definitely. And that, I definitely think we probably both struggle with that. Yeah. <laughs> but I think we're starting to, to definitely be okay with the fact that, you know, 12 million other Americans have gone through this. So we're not the only people. Yeah. And that doesn't mean we did something wrong. So we, yeah, we, we decided to start talking about it too, yeah. just because at this point, since we have caught it and gotten through it and our case was pretty much mild aside from it turning bronchlier since we both have asthma but we decided to start talking about it so that way if people we know catch it or need advice or ask want to know what we did or how we handled it we can tell them versus hiding it oh yeah it helps everybody to know like okay people are living with this that's some, for some people, it's mild, but there's no shame in it. If we hide it from each other, it perpetuates the shame. Right, exactly. And 
and also to let people know that even the mild cases are not something to take lightly. No, no, no. definitely not. No, and it, a mild case for one person, you can spread it to other people, and then right. it's, it's not mild for them. So. Yeah. Right. Yeah. And then also, even if you think it's just a head cold, get tested yep. because we very first, when we very first caught it, we thought we just had a head cold and out of sheer paranoia went and got tested. Yep. And I'm so glad yep. we did. And just because you don't run a temperature doesn't mean that you don't have yeah. it. Yeah. Cause that's a huge misconception. Yep. Cause there's a lot of places that they're basing it off of running a temperature yep. and me and Todd did not run a temperature. That's a good point. Because I spoke to you, B, you were saying like, oh, it's probably nothing. Like, I'm just going to get <laughs> tested just, you know, just to make sure. I know I'm just being paranoid. And then like Todd the next day was like, she has it. Yeah. <laughs> like, and then no. I got tested that next day and then I found I had it. Yeah. It and was... we truly don't know who caught no, it first no or idea. anything like that. But obviously I hate that you caught COVID, Todd, but I'm really happy we didn't have to quarantine yeah. separate parts of the you house. To, yeah, you got to quarantine together. And, right. Yeah. That, I'm trying to steer this back to the religion thing because I think that is something that is interesting about you two mm-hmm. that actually will serve kind of what we were saying about the COVID thing. It's like good to talk about because people don't feel so alone in their experience. Yeah, yeah sure. And I know you two were super involved in your church you were doing all the things and you sort of got fed up (laughs) and left together and I it seems the last how I don't know how long a year two or three how long has it been that you've been kind of working through the feelings of that and finding your own path like your own spiritual path together Mm -hmm. and separately for me it's been well we both haven't been regularly attending church since 2015, late 2015, we kind of stepped away. Todd experienced a layoff Mm -hmm. and he wasn't, he was only like three years out of college. Yeah. Yeah. And it was a really tough time for us. And we just didn't get the community need that we needed from our church at the time. Yeah. And we just, that's definitely when it started for me. And it did for Todd too, just in a different way. I definitely started deconstructing for sure then. What does that mean? Deconstructing. It is when (laughs) you hit this existential crisis about religion and everything. So for me at the moment, I just at that, when that was happening, I just almost stopped believing in everything. It's like a, everything you believe in, it's like, it just explodes and it becomes, and I know it looks different for other people, but at that moment, I pretty much stopped believing in everything. I wouldn't say that you did though. Yeah. It was just more, it, it started with more of a, being disenfranchised mm-hmm. or and being very disillusioned with the idea of the church community. And I didn't completely walk away from the idea of a deity or of God, but it was more at first, but there was more of a just a very bad disillusionment with the idea of the 
the Christian community and the Christian quote unquote and you, family. And you realize how work based it was. Oh, yeah. And how, because when we had to, and that moment when we were going through that, because everything that could be going wrong at our, at, with our home at the time oh was, gosh, yeah. we were going through our savings uh, to just like, trying to live. Uh, just trying to live. And then you have all this stuff going wrong with your home. Yeah. And we were just, we had to replace We'd only room. been married three years yeah. too. And so we're, we're in this horrible crisis. So we didn't have the mental state or even the energy to still continue to serve at our church at the time. And then we certainly didn't have the financial ability to help anybody either. And so it just, and we just kind of felt so alone and nobody was really there for us. And the funny part was, is the people who were there for us, we're all of our, all of the people we know and love that aren't religious. Right. So that, so, so to, to kind of go back to the, the church community part of it, like B was talking about is we were heavily involved in, we were serving, but we were also heavily involved in the small group. Yeah. You know, that's the big, the big hitter point for churches these days is the small group community that, that's how in a big a big congregation you create your little family. Yeah. We were heavily involved in one in of those one. little families, but the the support was just not there. Yeah. Like 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 it was projected to be. That's very true. But weren't you two providing tons of support? Like you're saying, oh, yes. Yes. Oh, yes. yes. That's what I'm trying to get at. Cause you're like, yeah, I guess we should define what you mean by service for people who so, are like, what are you talking about? What do you, what does that look like? So every Sunday, Todd and I taught the sensory room Sunday school. Cause I have in my, in my background, a lot of experience with people with special needs and families that have children with special needs, specifically on the spectrum. I had uh, several careers ago, I took care of adults with special Mm -hmm. needs. And I also have a sibling that's on the spectrum. I also worked at a preschool for children with Mm -hmm. special needs. And so they had a need for that at that church. And so Todd and I decided that we would help. I'm a good follower. Yeah. (laughs) He likes, he's, yeah, I was going to say, you are very, you're very good at, at assist, like assisting and definitely being a partner for sure. (laughs) And so he decided, because we, there definitely needed to be two in the classroom. And then also there was another person that when we couldn't do it, if we needed like a week off or something, they would kind of step in and help too. But yeah, we did that every Sunday. And then um, we would make meals and stuff for people yep. when they would be yep. sick in our in our group. We've helped people move. Yep. We've watched people's children. Yep. Well, <laughs> and then there was another couple that a few months before I got laid off, this person was furloughed, not laid off, furloughed temporarily due to a plant closure, but temporary closure. And so we spent a lot of time with them, with them pouring love into them and watching their children and just supporting them because they were going through a tough time. Yeah. And, and so that's the kind of support and love that we were hoping for yeah. in our situation. And it was not reciprocated. And so that's where we, and that's when I definitely started deconstructing 
Um, and I would definitely say you started yeah, too absolutely. as well. And then for me, it looked very differently because it was just everything. Like I questioned everything and there, and I would definitely say it's a grief process Oh yeah, because it's almost like a death really. Yeah. And some people reconstruct because I've read things about that mm-hmm. where people will reconstruct. They just, it won't ever look the mm-hmm. same as it did before. Mm-hmm. I will definitely say, like, I think I've reconstructed a little bit, but not in the sense of where I've returned back to religion. Cause mm-hmm. I don't think that that will ever happen for me probably. Cause I've just created my own. We have created, I would say we, you yeah. and I have created our own spirituality and it just looks very different and it's very freeing and and I also think you have to get to a place where you just have to be okay with not knowing absolutely and that's I've heard several one one person in particular that I um that I follow a musician that has gone through a very similar deconstruction reconstruction process he he says the same thing that that in order to reconstruct he ended up having to get to a point where he was just okay with not knowing yeah and not, knowing, not knowing the truth about just what not is. knowing anything. Yeah, like not knowing if there's a and it being okay, heaven you know? or hell or God or no God or um, you know, yeah, just being okay with not knowing, I guess, or like and, truly knowing. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> and 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 the other thing is is getting away from the Western mentality of being so future focused, oh. and I don't mean like financial planning. Life. No, I'm talking like about after like death. eternal after yeah. death future focus like, to the point where you don't enjoy your life now. Sacrificing your life oh my for goodness, some future yes. reward. Yes. Yes. Absolutely. It yes. is. And so that's been a huge, like that's been so freeing. Yeah. Just realizing like we have this life. Yep. Let's yep. make it beautiful. And yeah, and you and so that's kind of the the Eastern mindset of spirituality is is being more present and in the moment and being in touch with the universe now and being in touch with nature now Mm -hmm. and your life now and 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 just being okay with whatever is going to happen happens you know kind of that momentum mori um thought process of things yeah yeah and that's that's been huge for us like just realizing like that we well, it's funny. There's this, I've seen a meme before that says like, you're the creator of your own catastrophe, but you know, you can be the creator of your own beautiful life. Yeah. You get to choose and you get this one life. Right. And, and even when things are crazy and nuts, you, right. you get to, you're, you play a part of that. And it's also right. just a season too. Yep. yep. <laughs> and, and, and being, being careful of saying what we just said in the sense that a lot of people that are still very enfranchised in Western religion, not getting that in the mindset of I'm God, not that mindset, just this is, this is my life. This is our life. We can choose the things that we want to do. We can choose Mm -hmm. the life that we want to live without completely, as you said, Joanna, surrendering everything. You can do things with the deity or God or the universe or the goddess or, or, or goddess, whatever yeah. goddess or whatever 
you choose to relate to spiritually, you can co-create with it. And that's yeah. something B's definitely taught me for sure. Well, and we've learned it from We've learned it from, you. oh yeah. <laughs> yeah you, know what it's, you know what's fun about where you guys are is you're in the process of creating and discovering your own yeah. spiritual path. And that can go on forever. The creating, yeah. the creating and the discovering that's yeah. the exciting part. And that doesn't have to end. Like nobody hands you a book and says, here are the rules. This is how it is. You get to yeah. discover truth for yourself in these insights that keep the passion alive yeah. for anything, but specifically for your own life. I would it's love, free. there's something about B that I wanted to bring up that I think might just be fun. The hornet nest thing. Oh. <laughs> It's from a long time ago, like the beginning of the year or last year. Oh, it was when you came out with the magic star. So you came out with the magic star and I listened to it and I was, I don't know, sometimes I can be, I can definitely be skeptical for sure. I'm definitely a prove it kind of person, but I had this weird, like playful thing. I was like, I want to see if this works. I want to see if I can manifest things in nature. So one of the things I kept focusing on was wasp nests with no wasps. Cause I don't want to get stung, but I <laughs> wanted to see a wasp nest with no wasps. At the time we were renting and I came outside of the of our of our home at the time and I saw a wasp nest with no wasp and I was like what crazy and I was like I was I was gonna have it was up high I couldn't reach it and so I was gonna have when Todd came home from work get the nest down for me however it started to rain and I guess I didn't know this but wasp nest melt in the rain i was so devastated when that happened because i was like oh it's proof it's proof but then i thought to myself wait a second if i can do it once i can do it again and this is so crazy but it was like a week or two later there was another one attached on the house and there was no wasps in it and then i was book shopping for um, a vintage book because I like to make altered books a lot and I was flipping through the pages and actually I think I just opened it the one time yeah I just opened Mm -hmm. the book and the very first thing was a wasp nest with no wasps and I know it's not a real wasp nest but it's a synchronicity it's real (laughs) so funny enough when we moved into this house I was putting together one of the rooms like moving the furniture and stuff around and I happened to look in the window and in between the screen and the window, there was a wasp nest mm-hmm. with no wasps. Yeah. And then we had one in the light on our front porch, mm-hmm. wasp nest, no wasps. Yeah. <laughs> and, and I think we found some in the, there was like a pergola type tent thing that was underneath yeah. our uh, balcony porch. Mm-hmm. And it had some in it too. Yeah. And it just made us laugh because it was like, the universe was like, you asked for wasps with no wasps. There you go. It's so specific. I'm sure lots of witchy people could read into like, what does this mean? What is the symbolism of it? But I love that you can have like a little private inside joke with the universe that way. Like to me, that's how it feels. It's just like a little wink. Like, yeah, I'm listening. Hello. 
Yeah, yeah, I had it happen too with a blue jay feather. Oh, yeah. I, yeah. that was the, I did the wasp nest thing and I kept getting them. And then finally I thought to myself, I'd like to see if I can do a blue jay feather. My best friend came to visit me and she walks inside and she knows I love like nature and things like that. And she, you know, she knocks on the door and I answer it and she comes in with her luggage and then inside of her hand, she goes, oh, hey, look what I found in your yard. <laughs> it was a blue jay feather. <laughs> Is that here? That was when we were renting. Yeah, but it was so cool. You remember that though? I do remember. She had it in her hand, and it was a blue jay feather, and so that was kind of cool. Which that one, the wasp nest with no wasps, is way funnier because it's still. I think I think I'm just always going to get them now. But the blue jay feather was really cool too because she just walks in and there it is in her hand. What do you think about that stuff, Todd? As B like started going more into like exploring magical everything. Did it sit well with you or did it bring up your skepticism? It it didn't really bring up my skepticism a whole lot, mostly because I've been trying to tell that side to just go sit in a corner and forget about it because (laughs) that that pigeonholes me into an, an unhappy place. And I'm trying to be, I'm trying to focus on positivity and I'm trying to focus on having an open mind about things because that's just how you enjoy life. And also when I start thinking about magic and and magical things, and, and this kind of goes back to like kind of one of the places where we started was, is with like crystals and minerals and Mm -hmm. things. I'm a very scientific person. And so when I think about it from a scientific standpoint, it all makes sense and jives and connects because you have magnetic energies, everything, and this is a scientific fact, this is physics, I could draw you the pictures, everything has an electromagnetic energy signal. And so when you think about it like that, it really kind of jives and the math and the physics and the science explains and provides some background to a lot of the magical things. And so that's kind of what did it for me because I'm a very, like I said, a very scientific-minded person. Yeah, and if it's a little too woo for you, you just you just smile and nod and be like, okay. Because <laughs> <laughs> it, it is what it is. And, <laughs> and so it doesn't matter how the universe manifests itself to people because the universe is going to manifest itself how it needs to, to each person individually. Absolutely. I always wonder, I think about heaven this way and hell. I always wonder if what you think is true is true for you. I thought a lot about that when I finally had worked all through my Christian guilt is like, what if heaven and hell are literally what you think they are? And then I was like, oh, I'm so glad that I'm not in the fire and brimstone (laughs) camp anymore because that is just not fun. And that's what's so fun about being okay with not knowing like you can play with so many different theories in your brains like past lives or I have a friend that thinks they're that I don't she doesn't believe in hell but she thinks heaven's just a different dimension that it's right here but you know a different dimension but it's just interesting when you start with when you get to being okay without without you know, knowing for sure about anything, you can just think, uh, you can just get lost in your brain thinking about all these possibilities. On the woo spectrum, I think I'm closer to the skeptic end of things, but I do love 
a playful adventure, like the the wasp nest thing, for example. Yeah. And then I get a huge kick out of it. I like that state of awe when you're like, whoa, I don't even know how to explain what just happened. It must be magic. Yeah. 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 Exactly. I, I like to think of it that way. Yeah. Yeah. For the people that are are a little bit further on the the magical side of things, you know, if that's what it is that 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 you need, then that's what you need. Yeah. I need I, I would say this more so for me than you. Like, I need, like, ritual. I need I need to do, like, rituals and yeah. stuff just for myself. Where you, you're probably more along the lines of being in your castle thinking about oh, different yeah. theories that's... and stuff. Which I, I joined that, too. But, yeah, that's definitely what you do. And then I like to Oh, do. Todd is a mind witch. He's a man... A man witch, a mind man witch. (laughs) He doesn't doesn't know it, but that I'm really into psycho spiritual magic and frequently will refer to myself as a mind witch because I like Mm -hmm. to change my mind and I like things that challenge me. And Todd will come up with these very elaborate theories and they're all Mm -hmm. super interesting. And if you were gravitating anyway, I could see that happening. Oh yeah, I would definitely say that about you. Yeah. Not, not that you would label yourself that way. I don't know about the label, but it's funny to put it on you. <laughs> yeah, I mean that's fine. I don't. I mean, <laughs> I can't see it. I cannot see Todd calling himself a man witch or a mind witch. <laughs> it's just to amuse myself that I say. Yeah. I feel like wabi sabi has become one of your favorite spiritual practices. Absolutely. Yeah. I stumbled upon it on a podcast. And it's been very freeing. And I, I resonate with it so oh, yeah. much. Well, for and, people and, who don't know what it is, do you want to tell them? Uh, yeah, I, I kind of went into it a little bit when talking about the house. But basically, this and this is from someone who's absolutely not an expert on Wabi Sabi at all. But it's just the concept that there's beauty and imperfection. That nothing has to be perfect. And in fact, the imperfections are what make things beautiful, mm-hmm. make things wonderful, make things alive and human. Examples. If you, I love woodworking. I'm absolutely a novice tinker. But the concept of a hand-hewn piece of board from a tree or the plane marks from a planer going across wood to smooth it, leaving those in place, leaving just the joint has a little bit, you can tell that a human has touched it. And so it has these little imperfections that are almost like fingerprints of the artist. Similar thing can be said for paintings. You know, you, you look at a painting and you can tell when it's a print versus an, an original because the original you see the brush strokes you see you see the signature of the artist in the way that they do things and that is what makes things beautiful and that's what makes life exciting yeah i was going to ask you about your marriage maybe save it as our last question here for creating the kickass life of your dreams but i feel <laughs> like i feel like wabi sabi makes for a good marriage it's a good ingredient to accept the imperfections of your partner but also your yourself and your the dynamic you have together that like you can actually let's say have an argument and that is (laughs) wabi-sabi because it's never going to be perfect all the time but that doesn't mean that it's not a great loving union 
Absolutely. Absolutely. I mean, one of our biggest fights before we ever got married was over <laughs> an avocado green refrigerator that we're probably <laughs> never going to find. No, you're and never going to find And if you can guess, I'm the one that wanted the avocado green refrigerator <laughs> and I wanted an old one. Yeah. <laughs> that is worth that is worth fighting over. Oh yes. yeah. Yeah. Very that's a polarizing thing for <laughs> sure. <laughs> and it's just funny it's because so funny. it was I mean it was, it was huge. Stupid. It was a dumb fight, but it was, it was a huge fight. But, but that's it right there. Yeah. Wobby sobby about sobby. it because yeah. you know it was a difference, but you know, yeah. it ended up being fine. Yeah. But I agree. Like, I think Wabi Sabi is a great, and I wanted to add to Wabi Sabi is a is a Japanese yes. concept. Sorry, yes, yeah. it's a Japanese. To add that, that it's a yes. Japanese concept. It's it's, it's so beautiful. It, its origins are in Japanese design. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, and you, and a lot in Japanese. You carpentry. can apply it to your whole oh, life, yeah. and I definitely think your marriage because if you apply Wabi Sabi to your marriage, you're just going to grow together. And that's definitely really important. Um, And it is definitely embracing your partner's idiosyncrasies and even flaws. Yeah. 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 And when we started, you mentioned it in marriage that we, this is funny, B and I have been talking about favorite movies lately. (laughs) This is going somewhere. So my favorite movie all time is Goodwill Hunting. And one of my favorite things about it is how, Robin Williams describes his marriage with his wife when she was alive and how they were talking about how, you know, this person wasn't perfect or whatever. And he said, he said, but that's the good stuff. That's the good stuff in the marriage. That's the little picadillos that only you know about Yeah, the little imperfections that only you know about. That's the good stuff. That's the stuff that connects you to. That's the stuff that you miss whenever the other person is away on a trip or gone or whatever that's yeah and that's wabi-sabi yeah mm-hmm. you can apply it to everything you really can, <laughs> you can apply it too i mean bringing it back to is is whimsicalweekend.com your website yes you can totally apply it to whimsical weekend too because we've this is something we've talked about as well in the past just not publicly but i wanted to bring it up publicly because it's kind of a permission slip to not be perfect you do not have to be an artist no, right. to be right. creative no. and make something beautiful that makes you happy that you might even want to put up in your home. No, absolutely not. You definitely don't have to be uh, Van Gogh or, you know, Picasso or anything like that. And that's exactly why I wanted to start Whimsical Weekend, yeah. just so people can have the freedom to make stuff. Like my art tends to look very childlike. It, it uses very bright, girly colors. I love glitter. Like <laughs> glitter on so much stuff i do paint splatters it's It's very playful yeah it's playful for sure i definitely think i tap into my inner child when i do it and that's probably why i need it because i need to tap into my inner child well Mm -hmm. to to cope with adulting you guys adult hard you both have (laughs) you both have serious jobs that demand a lot of time and I can see why you would gravitate toward creativity on the weekend yeah. and playfulness and all of that yeah. good stuff. Yeah, yeah for sure. Yeah. I, I think it's something that, that is very relatable about B because very, both of us and B specifically, we, we both have very corporate America jobs. Oh yeah. Very, very eight to five, seven to eight corporate America jobs. And so I think it's very relatable that she has come up with this idea to share how you can release yeah. 
and just let your creativity flow and, and provide happiness for yourself. It's really helped me to connect with just the creative maker community because I specifically just try to find people that are making stuff and it can be anything <laughs> just because I want to see yeah. what people are making yeah. and, and I want to see things people are making that I don't make right like, uh, pottery I, I don't make pottery but right. I love to see what people are yeah. throwing on a pottery wheel or I definitely don't tinker in anything fiber so I love seeing people that crochet and knit and cross stitch and it's just because they need to do it one of my really good friends is an accountant and she cross stitches on she brings her cross stitching with her wherever you know everywhere she goes pretty much or not cross stitch I'm so sorry crochet as she crochets she'll bring crocheting to work on her lunch she'll crochet while her baby's playing and it's just because she needs to crochet and she's a beautiful crocheter oh yeah that's so beautiful. I love the whole, I love talking to you too. I always end these things by saying like, what is your one tip for creating the kick-ass life of your dreams? But like I said, I want to end this the way we started it, talking about having a great marriage. What is the secret to that? Do you have a good tip? Would you each individually have separate tips or are you in cahoots on the one big oh, tip? <laughs> I think we're on cahoots. I Probably think it's Wabi Sabi. Yeah. And, and, and then to back that up with Wabi Sabi, it's a choice. It is a choice. You know, you, you're not, I mean, we've not been married as long as a lot of people, but we've been married long enough to understand that you aren't always going to be in the butterflies honeymoon phases. So it's a choice. Every morning you wake up and you just, you look at the person next to you and you say, yes, this is my partner in life. Yeah. This is the person that I want to do life with. Mm. And, and it helps that we're best friends. Yeah, that does help. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. We actually like each other. We actually like each other. <laughs> um, but yeah, I, I definitely, I agree with what he said. And then to add to that, I also think don't forget to dream. Oh yeah, Absolutely. And dream together. Dream together. Don't forget to dream and dream together. Dream together. Having a shared dream. And and you two have had the fun of getting to see some of your dreams happen together. Enter the old house. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. That one was a big one. (laughs) Yeah. Out of nowhere, too. Oh, yeah. Out of nowhere. (laughs) Definitely. That was pretty magical. You've had a lot of synchronicities happen in the last Mm -hmm. year. Mm Mm-hmm. Well, thank you so much for taking the time to share a little bit of your life. We're not really here to promote anything. I just wanted to maybe promote love today and be like, oh, sweet people, be nice to each other. You can do it. (laughs) (laughs) Well, thank you so much for having us. Yeah, thanks so much. I very much like those people. I hope you like those people too. Go check out whimsicalweekend.com if you want to connect with them. Also, if you want to take advantage of my holiday special, follow the link wherever it is around here or find me over on Gum Road and you will get 50% off of all the things, any of the things, the ebooks, the audio journeys, the programs that I've created over the year. They're all 50% off with the discount code. Thank you. No spaces in between thank and you. Just thank you, all lowercase, at checkout. I hope that you're enjoying the holidays so far. I've got a bunch of new podcasts coming up for you. September is going to be lit on Hippie Witch. Woohoo! Until we meet again, much love to you. Peace.